How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode 53 of The Way of the Wolf. So on the show today, we have a gentleman named Scott Wells. He actually came on almost a year ago. It was the 14th episode. We talked a lot about life and fitness and goals on that episode. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, please go do so. Scott, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so a few things that I want to chat with you about. Last week on the show, we had Chase Banks come on. We talked a, l- mm-hmm. a little bit about, or a lot, about wellness and nutrition and things like that. And I think there's overlap with what you do and with what Chase does. I know you've done some nutrition mm-hmm. and wellness, so that's going to be kind of the meat of this episode that we get into. But before we do, <clears throat> what's new with you? What's been going on since we last spoke? Uh, I mean... A lot of things, right? It's been been a year, you know, like feels good to be a gangster, I guess. You know, I uh I've been trying to do my fair portion of procreating, trying to help out this uh declining population that we yeah. have. How many uh, kids you got now? I got five still. Okay. Yeah, still working on it, yeah. <laughs> but uh no, yeah, yeah. Everything's everything's been going good. Jim has been doing phenomenal. Um with you know with the whole covid situation and all that stuff right i think if you don't understand that your health is one of the most important things right now in the past couple years right i mean what what more does it take you know what what more does it take to show you that you know your health has got to be up there at the top priority so uh besides that you know uh Honestly, within this past couple days with the Christmas holidays going on or whatever, typically gyms see a big push right now for New Year's resolutions and things like that. But I honestly hardly see that. But this year, man, I've been getting messages on Facebook, Instagram, text messages, people calling me saying, hey, we're getting back into the gym. Like, you know, what do we need to do? And to be honest, man, it makes me feel good. I I I rarely see that kind of push during the new year, uh, so to speak, kind of like a, a 24-hour fitness or Globo Gym mm-hmm. or something like that, you know. But um, what do you think contributes to that? I mean, I have my thoughts mm-hmm. on why, because of the first thing that comes to mind for me is the community that you've built. Yeah. And, and you, you've been able to help people understand that it's a lifestyle lsrf yeah, lifestyle. lifestyle that's exactly. what it's all about but from your perspective why do you think it is that you don't see that influx as opposed to global gyms i mean as cliche as it may sound it really is a lifestyle change right mm-hmm. um i i think when people come to the gym right they know it's going to be work and a lot of times sometimes people are scared to succeed right and they set their goals too high you know and i mean kind of uh talking about how do you be you know what is a successful model moving forward into the new year how do you see good results well one of them is maybe not setting the goals too high a lot of times people get this you know gung-ho feeling of hey i'm gonna wake up at four in the morning run for 30 minutes i'm gonna train and monday comes right they're super excited uh, bright eyed, bushy tail. They're gonna wake up. They're gonna do it. And by Thursday, they're like, what "The fuck was I thinking?" Like, <laughs> you know, maybe I overshot what I thought I could do. So, I would say, you know, make some goals that are attainable. You know, um, going back to your original question, like what attributes to that? 
I think a lot of people just wake up and they they get that feeling of okay, it's enough. You know, I need to I need to make a change. And I have this saying I go into every year. I joke around talking about you know don't don't do you don't do the new you this year. You've been doing that shit for last five years and it's not working. Do somebody completely different. You know, um, and that's that's the way you need to to me. I usually take a laid back approach going into the new year. You know, I joke around and say I don't make resolutions, but I think we all kind of intrinsically say, hey, I'm going to do something this year. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to, you know, and and I make those internal kind of goals as well. But if, if you overshoot your goals, oh man, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle, you know, Mm -hmm. Also, like, find somebody that that is better than you at at doing this stuff. You know, for me, it's not so much about the health and fitness. It may be, you know, how do I get the message out? So mine might be more of a business-related goal where, you know, I'm not very good at marketing, but I need to pay somebody that's going to market better for me, you know? And if I don't get my head out my ass, then I'll just continue doing the same things I'm doing, and, you know, there won't be a change. But I need to do somebody different than Scott. Yeah, I need to go get Sean Barnes or whoever is good at marketing to mm-hmm. to do that for me. Well, I think that speaks to the importance of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I think whenever we're we're young and teenagers, 20s and maybe even early 30s, we don't have that element of self-awareness that we do once we kind of get into our our late 30s and and 40s and so on because 43 we start, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think it takes a while for us to realize where our strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. When we're young, we just want to take over the world. Yeah. And we're a little bit blinded by the fact that hey, you may, you're not good at, at marketing. I'm not good at marketing or social media or anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things for me is I'm thinking about okay, who do I work with? How do I get some help on the social media side of things? Because God, it's just it is not in my nature. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just speaks to self awareness. Now, yeah. as that kind of plays into wellness, I think it's common knowledge that all these gyms blow up in January. Mm-hmm. And then it tapers off. Probably by February, everybody's gone back to to their normal lifestyle. Yeah. I'm curious on your perspective on how do you how do you make it stick? I mean, all mm-hmm. of the people that have been with you are kind of LSRFers for life. They yeah. always, and even if they move away, when they come back, they drop in. And I mean, you and I have been working out together for 15 years, and Plus, I'll, I'll yeah, drop in, least. and sometimes I'll come for a few months, and then I get, you know, it just it mm. just varies. Yeah. But you've built this community where it's like LSRF for life. So how do you do that? Man, you know, shit happens. It's called life, mm-hmm. you know, and as, you know, we've grown up you've been one of the first members over at my garage and you know i say this all the time and it sounds like a broken record because the things we do work so if i came on here and i was saying different things all the time you know it it doesn't make sense you know the podcast probably sounds very boring to people they're like oh scott is on there talking the same shit (laughs) but i feel good right and it it like I said, as cliche as it may sound, it's really a lifestyle because people don't have that lifestyle of health and fitness first. Mm-hmm. You know, they, who knows? I, I mean, I, I meet people and they're like, oh, well, I haven't trained in three years. And it baffles me, you know, because I am such a believer, you know, so much so it's like a religion that you have to come in uh I mean, it doesn't have to be with me. I don't want to send any cult vibes, right? <laughs> but it's like, it's uh, 
go somewhere and do it, right? Mm -hmm. And like if I told you tomorrow, if I said, Sean Barnes, no more training for a year, Mm -hmm. you know, you would go nuts. And it's not about the physical. It's not about the mental. Yes, it's about those. But, you know, one of the things that I really try to approach is, you know, what is the chemical reaction in your body to health and fitness? Your dopamine, your stress levels, your hormones, like, you know, what is your cortisol levels? Because, like I said, I'm a believer in that. Whenever you come to the gym, you have that sense of accomplishment, you have that uh sense of uh community you're valued what does that do for you makes you feel good right and then now you want to make other people feel good and it's just a trickle effect it becomes very infectious and people around you start saying oh well you know what are you doing you know because i i I want to feel good too and i think you know going back to that question what do why do you think people are so fed up with themselves, you know, because I think, you know, to put it, you know, I joke around, say, but to put it politely, they look in the mirror and they're like, I don't like the person I see, you know, they might have some other choice words for themselves, but it's like, um, in, in everybody, there's no one approach. You know, some people are like, oh, be super motivated, be super motivated and get up, you know, put on whatever good words you have to hear. You might have to get up and tell yourself, you know, man, I'm fat, ugly, sick, tired, and I better do something or I'm going to die like this. So, who, you know, which which approach do you want to take? Mm-hmm. I think it's completely up to you. But, um, yeah, how, how you do anything is how you do everything, you know. Well, I think that speaks to one of the things that I, I've picked up on, especially over the past, I'm going to say, probably 15 years now where mm-hmm. fitness has just been a big component in my life is it is it bleeds over into other aspects of mm-hmm. our life now whenever i i'm trying to think back to how long ago it was i was at a point in my career i was working insane hours 60 70 hours a week on mm-hmm. on a regular basis and i was i was very frail emaciated and skinny and and i worked out all the time mm-hmm. But I wasn't taking care of myself mentally, and, and I didn't have that work-life balance. And a, a, a significant shift occurred whenever I said, I'm going to leave the office at 4 o'clock every day so that I can make it to your 5 o'clock mm-hmm. class. And whenever I made that commitment to myself is whenever I started to see improvements in all aspects of yep. my life. And what I, my mind, I had built up, like, I've got to work all these hours so that I can progress in my career. And what I realized is you have to take more of a holistic approach. And whenever I started doing that and I started pulling back to working 40, 50 hours a week, mm-hmm. but taking care of myself physically, mentally, eating healthy, my career kept on progressing. And so I think it's shifting that perspective, mm-hmm. but then also realizing these all play into one another. Yeah. And and so uh, there's a lot of people that I coach on business and executive coaching and things where, yes, we focus primarily on the business side of it, but well-being has to Mm -hmm. be a big component because it does all play together yeah i I mean i'm a big believer in that and in our society and culture um leading back to what you said you know in our society and culture it is very taboo to take a break 
but you said you were working 80 to 90 hours and you and you took a break mm-hmm. right you went back to working 50 hours which mm-hmm. is still a lot of hours it is but you took a break and you said okay i'm going to shift it somewhere else and what happens was you became more successful you know sometimes to move forward you have to take a step back take a break look at you know assess what's going on um you know for me moving forward i think that was the biggest thing in my career was as you know i was working ton you know and i had to uh, front load that work and training schedule to get to where i'm at now now you know i always use this term in the beginning i didn't know any other way now i won't have it any other way but i literally my work schedule is uh monday tuesday thursday i work two hours in the morning two hours in the evening friday i work an hour in the morning hour in the evening uh wednesday saturday sunday you know i don't i don't work um even when I do work on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, to me, is it really work? You know, I enjoy it. And it allows me a lot of time to have to myself, have to my family, uh, go chase other, you know, small business ventures Mm -hmm. uh, that I've been doing. Um, And I I think that's, that's the key, you know, like for me, it's like I take breaks, I take, you know, take three naps a day, you know, it's like, I mean, when people see, that's why I don't like people coming to work for me mm-hmm. because they see what I'm doing now and they mm-hmm. don't see what it, what t- it put to get into there. Yeah. yeah. So th- it gives them this false sense of reality where maybe they think, oh, well, man, you, you can make a living and do this and do that. But if I want to go personal train, I can, if I want to go run and work on Scott, I can. And, uh, even with all this time, I still fail, you know, I still fail because there's a point where you can have too much time on your hands and then mm-hmm. you start procrastinating. And, you know, sometimes that's, you know, that it, it bites you because, uh, you know, you have to have balance in, in everything we do. You know, it's just like the program, right? If you're gonna train top, train bottom, train left, train right, train front, train back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, kind of like what you said, once you started finding that balance and that work schedule and your training schedule and your nutrition and your, you know, relationships and who you are as a man, everything, you know, it's not just one thing. It's, it's a totality of all of them. You know, you you said something that, that kind of struck me in terms of the amount of hours that you put in today. And you said front loaded, how you front loaded Mm -hmm. and, and it made me flash back to the early years in your garage or in your, Mm -hmm. your first gym over there off of, on the feeder off of Rayford. And, and even whenever you opened up the LSRF gym there off of 242, how many hours you were working? You were waking up at 4.30 every morning. You mm-hmm. do all the classes till like 11. You take an hour break for lunch, take a nap, yeah. and, then, and then you were doing all the classes till 7, 8 yeah, o'clock we were doing at night. Like, I mean, back then it was like 10, hour, uh, 10 hours of classes and mm-hmm. three hours of training. But, yeah. you know, I'm... the the mentality has changed now Mm -hmm. you know before it was like training and stronger and you know i was doing all kinds of stuff to recover Mm -hmm. you know but uh i don't do those things anymore and now the uh focus is more on longevity um i even think since last time we spoke one of the things i've been really studying a lot of is centenarians like people who live over 100 years old you know particularly Mm -hmm. in like okinawa but all the like blue zones in the world where they have a 
big concentration of people over 100 years old. I believe in Japan, like once you hit 97, you're considered a centenarian. Okay. And, um, but that's the thing, you know, it's like I, I want to live for a very long time, you know. I, I hope everybody can live long enough to say they've lived a long life. But for me, it's like, can I hit 130? Hmm. I, you know, only time will tell. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the thing. I think, you know, going back to seeing, like, how did we progress to get here? And now, um, in 2022, when, when is that? In how many days? What's oh, the day? The 26, uh, what, four days or yeah. something like that? I'll have 20 years in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a big milestone, and I'm excited about it. And um, things have changed. You know, yeah. even though things stay the same, things change. You know, the way you have to, if you ask me, what would I do now? I don't know if I would do my business now the same way I did it back then, okay. right? But um, I see a lot of like young guys and young people coming up, and they're you know always saying, "Well, man, you can I can do it better than Scott can, or I can do this or whatever." I'm like, I hear look, that a lot. It it just look, come see me in twenty years. That's yeah. I, I hope you do. Just come yeah. see me in twenty years or ten years. You mm-hmm. know, and that's it. It's like, you know, I. I don't know if I spoke about this last time, but I uh, I don't know if you've read the talent code. You know, it talks about if you re- if you do ten thousand hours or ten years yep. in a particular subject or a profession or whatever, you're considered an expert. And now that I've almost had twenty years, right, I can look back and say, how did this work out for me? And the way I explain it is like this. I put ten, like when I first started, I'm very lucky that I had some foresight, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty all the time, but to have foresight, it's a little bit more difficult, you know. Um, I didn't have it in every aspect of my life, that's for sure. But in health and fitness, I've always felt I've been able to fast forward and look at what do I need to do, you know, and have some critical thinking about it. Um, At 10 years, I knew I had to put in my 10 years to get respect, right? Anything less, I wouldn't have gotten that respect. Yeah. When I went to the Nike fitness conference in Shanghai, that's where I felt, okay, I've I've done well, right? And when was that? That was, I remember you going, but yeah, it was like six or seven years ago. Okay, so I had more than 10 years, but the analogy I like to make is when I walked in, the room is this big round table, like this big round room, and I was able to walk through the doors, right? And that's what 10 years got me, it got my feet in the door, right. And as I walked into the door, I'm looking at all the people that came 20, 30, 40 years before me. And I I joke around, it's like I'm recognizable. You know, at the time I was bigger, I had these (laughs) tattoos. Mm -hmm. They all looked up and they looked at me. And they said, good job, young man. There's only one way you can come through those doors. And that's by at least putting in 10 years. Good job. Now what we need you to do is play your position, make your rounds. Talk to everybody that has been here 20, 30, 40 years before you. So I started making my rounds, right? I'm making my rounds, making my rounds. I'm, I'm almost back to the door. But it takes you 10 years to make one round. So what I try to understand now is 
you know, you're you're really trying to learn wisdom and it takes a long time. I'm gonna have to make another 10 rounds, right? And each round I learn something. I learn a lot, but I'm almost to 20 years. So all the young people that are coming up say, look, just get your foot in the door. It only takes 10 years. Mm-hmm. Can you can you wake up at 420 every morning? You know, can you do those things? Can discipline doing the things that you need to do when you don't want to do them? Can you get 10 years in the game? Do you have the patience to make those rounds? But it, because if you don't, I, I don't I don't know. You can you can talk all you want, right? The world isn't changed by your opinion, it's changed by your action. So if you can't put what you're if if you're uh behaviors do not match your goals what are we really talking about you know like you can talk all you want are you going to talk about it or to be about it so that's what I, that's one thing i can honestly say i'm i'm super proud of and you know being able to as as the years go on as you mature being able to pat myself on my back and take credit for things that i've done where before i was more uh reluctant to do that yeah. you know yeah okay so Something that I've just, it actually just hit me. I made a note here that you said centenarian. Is that what Sen- uh, you're talking about? The people who live over, the, mm-hmm. yeah, centenarians. Centenarians. Yeah. Okay. So um, my gut tells me that there's probably something to do with nutrition. Whenever you talk about the location in the world mm-hmm. where all these people exist, the first thing that comes to mind is they likely have a highly inflammatory diet. So I think it's Infl- pro- anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory yes. diets. Yes. And so, which is a good segue into nutrition. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about nutrition. What yeah. are some of the things that you've learned when it comes to nutrition over the years? Uh, you know, so going back to like uh, the geographical placements of these places in the world that have these, you know, higher concentrations of people like elderly people. Um, yes, geographics play, you know, there's going to be a, um, argument for everything, right? You know, oh, they're a geographically place in this area. They, uh, they have, uh, means to certain foods like, but you live in America, you have means to, you know, like anything we want, but it, one of the biggest things that I saw because the nutrition, the, the lifestyle, um, like exercise and stuff like that, it's always seems like a given. And even within those communities, there was differences, you know, there was like some people ate anything they want, but they did it in moderation. Some people had a very high intake of fish. Some of them had a very high intake of carbs. But when I say carbs, I'm not talking about French fries and, you know, like dough and all this like junk, you mm-hmm. know, that we have processed stuff. But um, one of the biggest things that was across all communities was this, it was the sense of community and the sense of feeling valued. So leading back to uh, the community at the gym, you know, that's why I think another thing is uh, going into this new year, find a gym, find people that you can go and that that hold you accountable, you know, but um, I thought I should have talked or spoke about that, but like the uh, the nutrition side, you know, what does my nutrition look like? What do I do for people? Um, I do this thing called a fingerprint program, right? So it's your own fingerprint. It's very unique to you. 
And what I do with people is when I sit down with them, you know, we take your weight, your circumference measurements, your body fat, we take photos, and uh, we do this thing where I sit down and figure out what you do from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, kind of, because it's unique to you, your fingerprint, right? So everybody has a different approach. You know, the goal is here. Some people will say go uh, paleo. Some people will say do zone. Some people will say do uh, counter macros. You know, everybody has a different way, like, and what works for you might not work for me, but what I like to do and keep it simple is this thing called nutritional division. Um, I like to take a, a plate, you know, I like to make a peace sign. You have a one part protein, one part vegetable, one part, uh, whether that's a starch, a bean, you know, and like I said, the how we how we program that for you is based upon your day, your goals, you know, what you do when you train, all that kind of stuff. But it's different for everybody. You know, we can sit here and tell you the uh, basic stuff, the common sense stuff, you know, but we all, we also know common sense isn't very common anymore. Like if you tell somebody, yeah, eating McDonald's three times a day isn't good. You're like, and, and they give you like this stare, like, what are you talking about? Man, that's, that's an uphill battle, you know, but health and fitness is an uphill battle. As we speak right now, we have more gyms, more programs, more online shit than ever. But we are the sickest as a nation, as the world, more than ever. You know, so every day you wake up, you're you're literally fighting an uphill battle. So what's interesting about that is whenever I think about the United States as mm-hmm. a whole, my guess, and I don't know this, but my guess is that we're probably the most obese and sickest population in the world in spite mm. of having more access to gyms and probably access to any food mm-hmm. or nutritional supplement that we want more so than other areas of the world. I think that's probably a galactic can of worms that might not want to get into, mm-hmm. but it is it is something of of note. I'm curious on why you think that is. Uh I mean as you're saying it like I I still think it it leads back to you know, there's a big push on mental health right now, mm-hmm. right? Anytime you take a society and lock it up and tell them you can't do things, you're you're gonna get some uh, some challenges around some mental challenges, health, right? You're gonna get some some people saying like, "Don't do that," so or or don't tell me what to do. And you know, I I like to use this analogy. I'm originally from Singapore. Well, Singapore has a uh, it, it's small, right? So. I, I look at it like this, and everybody might not look at it like this, but a few, a couple years ago, you know, they they put this, uh, what's it called, a um, a curfew on us, right? Where you say, okay, you can't go out past twelve. And my cousins, I would talk to them every day, and they would say, oh yeah, it's it's normal over here. Like, what's wrong? But over, and I said, it's it's different, man. Over here, like, you know, you you can't tell people you can but you can't tell people what to do right i said over in singapore if somebody's walking around 12 o'clock at night the police come and they say um hey you need to go inside there's a curfew in place 99.9 percent out of the time they're like okay sorry we're gonna go in no big deal because they're raised in a society that's meant to do that over here where we are in a society that is you know 
looked upon as like, we will challenge authority. So you're walking around 12 o'clock at night. Someone says, hey, you know, you need to go in. I'm like, fuck that. Don't tell me what to do. You know, now you got problems, you know, one way or the other. And like I said, it, I, I think it all leads back to this like mental health thing where people aren't getting outside. They're not training with the elements. They're not, you know, happy in their home life. They're not happy with their job. Uh, they're, you know, we've talked about this in the past where your cortisol is your fi- flight or fight, uh, shit, flight or fight response. It's supposed to be in your system, out of your system. But when you have it in your a slow drip of it all day, you know, it's the same thing, just like dopamine and anything else, it becomes very infectious. So now you start having second thoughts about yourself. You start saying like, you know, I don't want to go to gym. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, you know, I don't care about anything. You know, I've been a victim of that, you know, probably more so than a lot of people. But at the same time, you know, how do you overcome that? To me, it's by having a good foundation around you, a good sense of community around you where I can tell you this, like I told you, you know, even the hours I work, I don't feel like I work because I look forward to seeing people every every day you know the people that that train with me um i always tell people when they ask me well what do you do man i wake up every day and i live you know it's not that living needs to be a uh an essential part you just don't need to be there you need to live right are you you know are you dying to live or are you living to die and i mean those two statements are very different so if if people do not, you know, like I said, moving forward with, with this goal in mind of how do people stay motivated? How do people uh, make this change for themselves? If there's part of me that, you know, I, I have this, uh, this fight within myself because there's part of me that says, well, shit, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But don't be a person that complains about being miserable. But then there's the other part of me that anybody that walks through those doors that wants help, we're going to help them, you know? So it's, it's just finding a balance. And I mean, so, you know, I actually got a, a question here. What's the biggest challenge that you see people struggle with and, and how do you overcome it? And as I think through the topics that we've been discussing, community keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And you said, find somebody who's better than you at it yeah. earlier. I think that's something yeah. along those lines. I think that is probably one of the most important aspects of starting anything new in life, but especially a new fitness program. Yeah. And anytime I have conversations with people like, hey, can you give me some tips or guidance? Mm-hmm. My guidance is always, hey, go find a gym that is based around community. I mean, CrossFit did that to the world in terms of bringing communities together. Mm-hmm. And I think other gyms and gym owners picked up on that. And so, you now you see like F45 and LSRF and, and I'm not saying that you guys do CrossFit, but there's the community aspect of it that you've built. And so my recommendation is always go join a community based gym because you're going to surround yourself with like-minded people. You're going to make new friends in the process and there's going to be group accountability. Mm -hmm. I mean, with me coming and going from LSRF, I, I still to this day get text messages. Hey, where the hell you been? 
Yeah. You ever going to come back? Type I always of thing? See people, yeah, I always see people on the uh, on social media. You yeah, know, mainly talking shit to you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so myself included. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I think that's such a big, big, crucial component, and yeah, you know, I feel that's just an important aspect for all of you listening to the show. If there's one takeaway, at least from my perspective, find a gym that is very community based if you want to be able to stick with it. Well, think about it like this. You're not really building a brand. You're building a culture. And like you said, it works for anything in life. If you, uh, you know, think about when you go apply for a new job, you come home and, you know, your wife, girlfriend, whoever there is say, like, hey, honey, how was it? He's like, man, met with the boss. I love the boss. The people were awesome. You know, I, I got to meet people at lunch today. And man, I, I can't wait to go to work. I, I really like it. Because, you know, that community is there, right? You you feel like you like the coworkers, everything. But I mean, imagine the on the other side of the spectrum, if you were to come home and they're like, ah, oh, I got the job, but man, my boss is weird. And the people that work there are fucking weird. Like I, you know, it's, even though you got the job, it's just not as, you know, you're probably not going to be working there very long, right? And it's like that with anything. I mean, you have to have that sense of feeling valued. I mean, it's, it's not... Um, that's the only reason we've been somewhat successful is because if you go to the gym, you're not going to set a PR every day, you know, and not all the day, not every day is going to be a good day. You know, majority of the days are going to be very mundane, right? They're going to be you going through the motions and, and, you know, pushing yourself. But I mean, it's not, you're not going to set a PR. I always talk, uh, you, you hear me say this when we do sprints. And it's like anything we do, but in sprinting, you have training effort and you have event effort, right? My 70 or 80% training effort is very different than my 70 or 80% event effort. Event effort is for the event. You do that every now and then. You think someone that goes and trains for the Olympics is going out and running the, you know, 400, the fastest they can run it every time. You can't recreate the, the atmosphere, the cheering, the competitors, right? So the main thing is is trying to get it in every day. Don't focus on results. Focus on on how many times you can come. You know, that's that's the biggest, like for me, that would be my biggest message is get away from focusing on the results and and focus on coming you know, see how many times you can come, the consistency of showing up, you know, and don't, don't look at, think about it like this also, somebody that trains seven days a week is still considered sedentary in my opinion, but you're like, man, they're training every day. Don't do your, but it's your lifestyle. What I can go train an hour and not do shit the rest of the day. And that's not going to do anything for me. So we start breaking it down into instead of how many days are you training, how many sessions are you doing? You can get up and walk for 30 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, and that's a training session. You know, I can do literally five minutes of burpees and be blown to hell up, and that's a training session. You know, five minutes. do five, and, and guess what? If you can't get 50-plus burpees in five minutes, that's okay. Do jumping jacks. Do mountain climbers, you know, do something, stretch. Um, you know, I, that's all part of having this 
inclusive lifestyle of putting your health first. You know, it's not just, you know, I used to say health and fitness, but it's because fitness is very important to me, but your health can be maintained in so many different ways from, you know, what are the, we talked about this last time, the three things that are most anabolic for your body are sleep, water, and flexibility. What are the three most neglected things? Sleep, water, and flexibility. And guess what? They're free. You can do those anytime you want. You, you know, you can get water anytime you want. And people just don't do these things. Start with the simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I also I pick up on is, like, people will look at someone like me, for example, because I do train by myself a lot. Uh-huh. And I'm aware of the fact that that's not exactly the norm. Now you're always going to have meatheads in the gym that just go in and train whatnot. But also I think about it took many years of programming, not in terms of weightlifting programming, Mm -hmm. but programming of me mentally to get to a point where I can go out into the garage by myself Mm -hmm. and crush it. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be able to start from a sedentary lifestyle and just jump into it mm-hmm. and push themselves. They're going to get up at 4.30 a.m. one morning and and think, okay, I got this. And But by Thursday, they're it's crushed. Done. And I think that also speaks to just the importance of, of community and that group accountability, mm-hmm. which I yeah, think is huge. Well, you're very different also. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that there's only, you know, the – you know, the first 10% of people are innovators, right? And they have that mindset to be able to get up and go do those things on their own. You don't have to push those people. And we have innovators in every, you know, aspect of life, whether it's uh, going to work, you know, going to work out. Could be somebody going on a new diet and they say, you know, I'm going to switch from being a carnivore to a vegan, you know, and they say, okay, I'm not going to eat any of this stuff anymore. Some people, a lot of people can't do that, but there's 10% of people that that are strong enough, right, mentally to say, I can do it. You're strong enough to do it, right? I mean, and success leaves tracks, right? Like you, you started this podcast, you know, you eat very well. You, you know, people might see you and they say, okay, well, he's, um, he just trains by himself all the time and all you're going to show these people, right? You you keep people, or how's it? You uh, you attract people with the qualities that you display. You keep them with the qualities you possess. So these things that you possess are very intrinsic and they're unique to Sean. But the people look at this out from the outside looking in. They see that and they say, "How can I be like Sean?" In reality, you're you're nothing like Sean. You're going to have to learn how to be like that, just like Sean learned how to be like that. So, it's it's a uh, it's a slippery slope because everybody wants you know to snap the fingers and have it. And I remember I watched this thing on HBO where they followed this homeless man around for like I believe it was nine months. Right at the end of the nine months, nine months they gave him a hundred thousand dollars life-changing for him. They followed him around for season two for another nine months. And at the end of that second nine months, he was he was more broke than he was when he was homeless, right? 
And I always ask people, why do you think that is? It's because he had no concept of money, right? He didn't know the recipe to get it. That's why I said, hey, if you want to take the take the money from the rich, give it to the poor, go ahead. In a year, it's going to be back in the richest hands because they didn't know the recipe to get there. So relating it to health and fitness, if I could snap my fingers and give you the body to want you want, the uh, the physique you want, the health you want, would you know how to keep it or would you wind up like the bum and be worse off later on because you didn't know what it took to get there? You see? And that's why you're trying to teach people this lifestyle. I think all we have done at Lift Strong Run Fast is made it easy and applicable to apply this you know, lifestyle that we've shown people, this training, traveling, trying new things, because you need, to, you need to have fun along the way. If you're not having fun along the way, like who wants to train hard and not be rewarded? You know, my, I've been to Chinatown the past four nights. You think I've ate good? You know, I've ate good, yeah, but it's like eating good in the wrong way. So it's, uh, but I know it's it's a holiday thing. And like I said, I'm, I'm going into this new year a little different. You know, I'm not as laid back. You know, I, like uh, even for myself, I feel like my fitness level right now, you see me running, you see me doing all these things. I still consider my fitness level around a four or a five. It's not like what it used to be. I don't want it to be like it used to be. You know, when you tell me to come deadlift heavy, not only do I not want to, or I won't, I don't want to, but I know there's other ways of getting in shape that are, you know, applicable to me. Mm -hmm. So I want to raise my fitness level to like a six or a seven, Mm -hmm. you know, but on the outside looking in, people might look at me and think I'm I'm a 10 or something. I don't know. It's all relative. Yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, and we're not talking about looks, right? I hope I'm yeah, not 10. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but uh, yeah, it's all relative because for me, I know that, you know, uh, sticking on the subject of running, you know, when I first started running, it was a little tough because I hadn't done it in a while, but all I did was grease the groove, right? I did it a little bit more and I didn't have to do much to improve a lot. You know, because that curve is steep. In the beginning, if I just went and ran every day, I would improve my time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm running, you know, I know I can go out there and run seven, uh, sub seven minute, right? But now to run sub six minute, man, that's going to take some work. It's going to hurt, you know? And I have to ask myself, like, what do I want to give up? Because sometimes your health and fitness can be the cruelest mistress. It requires a lot of your time, right? But not to say that there isn't benefit in other parts of your life because I I know if I started, you know, training a little bit more, what would happen? My body fat would drop probably, you know, I would get more relative, I'd probably feel better, which would then make me want to, you know, would require me eating better, which then would require better uh, because I, you know, the subsequent, reality of it is that if I started eating better, I'd probably have better mental clarity. I'd probably start thinking better. I'd probably be in a better mood, which then relates to my clients, which relates to, you know, my relationships with my girlfriend, my kids or whatever it is. And that's the way I feel. It's a trickle down effect. But some people don't even know what it's like to feel good. How do you know you're fucked up? 
you eat healthy and then you get sick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, but it's like you have to. Um, and that's the thing. We just show people this lifestyle of it's not as stringent and like, you know, um, you you don't have to be so strict on yourself. You know, it's okay to take a break, you know, and that might be on anything, but going into it, you might have to front load a little bit and dedicate some of that time to your health and fitness. And then later on, you know, you can take a little bit of breaks here and there. It rewards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about other business ventures. Mm-hmm. So obviously 20 years ago and for the first probably five to probably 10 years of LSRF, you 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 front loaded just massive amounts of work and mm-hmm. research and study and 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 developed the programming methodology that you have mm-hmm. had for the past probably 10 15 years and you've kind of gotten to a point now in recent years where you've started branching out into mm-hmm. other business ventures yeah uh, what's that like and and what are some of the things that you're doing now well you know I, I never tell people I have like a rags to riches story to tell people, right? Because it's not like I started from the bottom, now I'm here, right? It's it's nothing like that. Now, when it comes to health and fitness, yes, I, I, I can say I, uh, I put in a lot of work. But because I put in a lot of work, you know, I was able to to do some other things like investing. And, you know, now, right now, as of late, um, me and my family do a lot of stuff together, okay? So my, my mom, my dad, my sister, uh, right now we're getting more into like development, you know, getting our feet wet with that. We have uh, apartments that we're building up in College Station. You know, we have um, a lot of land that we're looking to develop after this. Um, it's just getting, diversifying yourself, right? And it's just like anything else, you know, um, if you if you get into it, it's like stocks right if you get into something do you throw it all into one thing no it's like you just try to diversify yourself but some of these things that we've got coming up in march 2022 our uh first uh apartments will be done you know just signed the uh the uh, property management contract the other day with a company up in college station and they'll be doing that I'm excited to learn a lot. You know, it's like you have to uh, evolve as a person, right? It's like I'm excited to learn a lot of these things. And along the way, it's what I'm learning is a lot of businesses are the same, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the things that I'm learning in these other things, uh, other ventures, I relate back into health and fitness. I look at everything as health and fitness, right? Um, but even the investments, you know, uh, I think I had used the term earlier that I try to do a better job of stepping back and doing more uh, strategic thinking because in the beginning, you know, when in the beginning, like uh, when I was younger and, you know, you, you'll kind of relate to this is when the dot-com stuff happened. That's when I, we were like young, 20, 30 years ago, right? Well, I didn't have the knowledge and I didn't have the um, the funds, really the knowledge, right? I'm a kid at the time. And I didn't know how to take take advantage of the dot-com boom, right? And then the next big thing for me was like the 2008 
right? Whenever the crash happened, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the uh, funds to do anything then. You know, as time went on, I did some investing with homes or whatnot, made some money. But then this whole thing happened with just recently with in the last two years with uh, with the virus stuff. Right. Well, what did we see? We saw the real estate here. Boom. And people from the coast and everywhere were moving into Texas. Well, just at that time, I was putting I was building a house and I went in, I bought the biggest lot in the neighborhood, building the house that I wanted, and they put it on the lot, and I've always wanted a huge backyard for my kids. When they put the house on the lot, it became a very small backyard, very big side yards. And I said, you know what? And I got emotional. I said, I, I don't want that. That's not what I want. This is what I'm working for. That's not what I want. And I took away that. I said, just scratch the contract. I don't want the house. But if I would have sat back and critically thought about what was going on in, you know, basically um, global economics, domestic economics, I would have saw that everybody was moving in here, right? And it could have been an investment. I could have bought that house for 450 and sold it for 600 maybe, right? And it, But because I didn't sit back or I wasn't able to critically think, I let an opportunity pass me and I said, there's no more. I have to sit back and think, right? So now um, I know we were joking about like the crypto and DeFi and all kinds of renewable energy stuff, you know, and it's like I uh, I started investing into this stuff because I said, you know what, I'm going to take, now I have the funds, I have the maturity to sit down and knowledgeably, you know, think and think forward. I started putting money into some of these different things and investing with my family or whatnot. And that's where I think uh, moving forward, I was um, able to just critically think. The bread and butter still lift strong, run fast. You know, I still, every every new year, I think, what are we gonna do for this next year? Um, I, and to be honest, like moving forward in this year, I think one of the biggest things I would like to see is is uh, maybe going online more, mm-hmm. you know. And and I don't know that might be a challenge all in its own, you know, because uh, that's going to require more time, you know, more of my time, which I don't like to give up. You know, I I, I love my time, you know, my time alone. Like if I, I don't know if I could go work a regular job now. I think I would. I mean, literally have the equi- equivalent of PTSD. Like, I wouldn't know how to function in a normal society. Yeah. You know, as far as like going and working like a nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I don't know. I, I would <laughs> be calling you for some coaching tips. <laughs> what is this all about? Why do people do this? Yeah. I just like, I always joke around about with, uh, you know, I, I went and worked with Nicole's dad for a little bit mm-hmm. and I didn't make it 12 hours. Yeah. You know, I, I, I literally was like, there's no way people do this shit every day. I was like, this is this is a crazy. And the people that got paid the least were working the hardest, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these people were working like on overdrive. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even keep up with them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 10 hours, I mean, not even 10 hours in, like five hours in, I'm in my slacks, my shoes, I am look nice. I haven't done a squat. I haven't done anything. <laughs> and I'm like, man, my legs hurt like shit. What is going on? I just, it it just baffles me, man. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you want to mess me up, just take away like a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But most people are living like this every day, day to day. And it just, it, I, I don't understand it, Yeah, you know, but one thing I do understand is being healthy and, and it doesn't have to be me. You know, when you get out there, find somebody that will help you. Mm-hmm. So what are you touched on something briefly there as far as goals for next year and wanting to do do mm-hmm. more online? What other goals do you have? I mean, there's so you know it's like I try to break it down. You know, I try to break it down and say we have like business goals. Um, you have like family goals, right? You have health and fitness goals. So, and there can be number ones in all of those, right? I mean, there's. You know, for me, like, I would say, like, the biggest priority for myself, you know, is um, just being, I mean, look, this may come off as super simple to other people, you know, because we all kind of, like, have our own demons and fight things, you know, but for me, it's, like, just improving upon, like, my family life, you know, being being a good boyfriend, being a good dad, being, you know, a, a, a good Scott, you know. And like I said, for a long time, man, you know, I would, are you going to be happy with the person you see in the mirror looking back at you? Uh, it was it was hard for me to take praise or, you know, just even like laugh, you know. People are like, why don't you laugh? I'm like, I am laughing, motherfucker, leave me alone, <laughs> you know. But now it's like I'm... <laughs> Is I'm a big believer in the Chinese horoscope, and I'm a horse okay. and when it comes to Chinese horoscope. And they say maturity comes very late to horses. Okay. And now the maturity, you know, looks like um, being able to take it easy on myself. You know, I somebody uh, was in the gym the other day, and somebody said, yeah, I was telling them about you. And they said, damn, how old is Scott now? He's got to be older. But it's your... It's your perspective. He said, what would you, you know, I said, this is what I would probably tell those people. Like I said, you know, at, um, at 43 years old, I have 20 years in the game. I have five children. I've traveled the world. I've had a divorce. I've had some good times. I've had bad times. I've overcome drug addiction, like steroid addiction. I have um, built a community that I absolutely love. I've got good investments now getting into different business ventures. And at 43 years old, I don't even feel my life has started. I feel the best is yet to come. And it's like, I, I truly feel that. Like I feel... Like I'm, uh, even though I, it, it took me 43 years to have all these life experiences to put together now to say, it's time to move forward. It's time to be the best version of yourself. And, you know, that hasn't always been easy for me, you know, because, you know, you'll look on social media and see a smile or whatever. But remember, social media is the, it's the devil, right? It's, it's the new depression. A smile doesn't always mean a smile, you know, and, and that's the, just because you see somebody on there and that you think they're happy, what the, you know, what they're portraying, I mean, you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors, right? But, but yeah, like to be the, like the best version of myself, you know, I, I told uh, 
you know, one of my biggest goals this year is getting, you know, I, I, I want to buy a, a bigger house, not be, because I want a big ass house, but because we're outgrowing, you know, the one that, that I'm in now, like just the kids are, you know, getting older and it's just, you know, I, I want to live out the life that I, that I want, that I portray and that I see in my head, you know, but as far as the business, you know, we're just going to keep it rolling. We're not, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. And it's not broke. Yeah. People, we, we have the, I, I tell people we have the fountain of youth. When did you start with me? <sighs> 15, 15 uh, years ago, right? About 15. Do you realize in this conversation, you have given me a testimonial that most people give me and you haven't even realized it. What did you say when you first started, you know, long out, working long hours, you know, you were skinnier, you were frail, yep. you were all this and that shit, right? Mm -hmm. This is the best version of Sean I've ever seen. We have the fountain of youth. Yeah. We... Most people that train with me will tell you they feel better at 35 than they did at 25. You know, I mean, some of these people are the epitome. I, I value everybody. You know, Brittany, she looks better now than when she started. Cholet, mm -hmm. you know, Taylor. This dude looks like a fucking Abercrombie model, right? <laughs> I, I don't it, even want to be around pisses, this dude with my shirt off, off and he's got his shirt <laughs> off. I'm like, shit, make me feel bad, right? And then... And, and that's just, you know, and that's not even talking about the people that have come in, you know, and lost five pounds. Mm -hmm. I had a lady this year. Remember, I told you it was hard for me to accept stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lady named Steph. She's a school teacher. She came in and gave me a gift. And I'm like, why am I getting a gift from someone like that's not my family or whoever, right? And it was the coolest gift. She's a science teacher. She made this little wood thing with just a beaker in it and a plant in it. Mm -hmm. And I love these unique gifts. They're, it was so fucking cool. And I was like, and she said, I just wanted to give this to you because you changed my life. That's why you get into it. You don't get into it to get fucking jacked or mm -hmm. lift 300 pounds, whatever the hell it is, right? You know, and it's, you know... I get those messages sent to me where it's like, you know, keep going. It's an uphill battle, but remember, you know, you know, God gives his strongest soldiers his hardest task, right? You're fighting this uphill battle every single day. You know, people want, you know, people are sick, people are fat, mentally challenged, whatever, you know, they're, uh, but I, but I truly feel like when you come in, you know, not just in my gym, any gym, and you find that right community. You might come in mine and it might not work for you. Joke around. I tell people you might not like Chinese people with tattoos. I'm not going to get that person, <laughs> you know, like go to a different gym. There's a ton of great gyms around here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing that's that I've seen lately. Like so many people around here are like kind of like gym bashing. And I'm like, man, why are you doing that? Like everybody has, you know, why would I talk shit about somebody that's trying to do the same thing I am? Mm -hmm. You know, I tell this story about how, you know, um, in the beginning, I wanted to change the world through health and fitness. And the goal is still the same. But it's like uh, I, I thought I could do it all on my own. But as maturity came and humility came, I realized I need these other people, you know, just like they need me. Well, I think it's, you know, whenever we're younger and, and starting out and trying to take over the world, ego plays a big 
role uh-huh. and, and and it's mine's better than yours you've got to come to me type of a thing you know i'm the best type well as as you've aged and matured and and gained that wisdom you've come to realize that your goal your ultimate goal is aligned with henry with mm-hmm. prx is that still a thing i don't i don't know if it I is don't know. so with these other gems uh-huh. that are just trying to help people become the best versions of themselves mm-hmm. and so ego starts to kind of take a back seat and and wisdom is coming in and is like hey we're all here trying to accomplish the thing same yeah. things which is help people out and help them become the best version of themselves and i think sometimes you're like i'm confident don't get me wrong mm-hmm. right like i tell people you can have a million of them it's not gonna make one of me mm-hmm. it's not like a uh, a knock on anybody it's because i know what I have sacrificed to get to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. That's why when people are like, oh yeah, you know, I can do it better than Scott. Okay, fine. I'll be the first one to take you to lunch. Just, you know, call me up 10 years later when you're still doing it or 20 mm-hmm. years later when you're still doing it. And, yep. you know, only time will tell. Yep. All right. So before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you would like to share with all the listeners? Oh, man. It, there's just a... Uh, how do you how do you wrap a lifetime of goals and values and sacrifice into like a closing statement, right? Um, I, I don't I don't know if I could ever, you know, give enough advice. Sometimes, some in, in my opinion, sometimes the the goal is not to give advice. It's just to show up and tell you, "Hey, I'm going to help you." I, I I can't. I can sit here and tell you that you know we're going to do this and that and this and that for you, but until you intrinsically find that motivation, that drive, you know, there's a saying that says, uh, "When you're driven, you will never need a wake up call." And I'll tell you the same thing that I tell every single person. You know, when they come into the gym, they ask me about it. I said, I want to be able to look you in the eye, shake your hand and say, show up. I'm going to take care of you. And trust me. You know, that's I love it. Well, Scott, thank you so much for your time today. I want to thank all the listeners. We're starting to grow. We're continually month over month getting more downloads. I just cannot thank all of you enough for all of your support, all the feedback and comments and reviews. Thank you so much. And y'all have a good one.